Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ. Welcome to another of the 50 most relevant as we talk through who I believe are the most relevant players across Supercoach, Dream Team and AFL Fantasy. With all of your formats open, you can go, go, go and start picking the players you want. So it's not just for assistant coach or gold users. Everybody now can be getting involved in their fantasy footy side for 2021. Talking about the number 22 player today, Isaac Heaney. Uh, I got him back on the episodes. I've got Kane. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well, MJ. I reckon if we did this podcast, you know, a couple months ago and we took the temperature of the community, I reckon yeah. Heaney was almost pushing the top 10. Yep. And it just feels like as people have looked at the squads and they've looked at the players that he's competing against in mm. the forward line and they've seen the buy rounds come out, it just feels like he's starting to drift a little bit. You know, first everyone was, oh, there's plenty of value there. Yeah. And I feel like there's more of a split. And there's it's still the Heaney lovers. Yes. But I just feel like people are starting to understand how competitive this forward line is. Yeah, especially if you're spending that much. Yeah. And how competitive this buy round is and how troublesome mm. this buy round can be if you're not prepared. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this chat because there's a, just so many different elements to this guy that I find absolutely fascinating he's a real interesting player he is forward eligible for us in fact just pure forward for us this year 24 24s come on mj learn to speak grammar mate 24 <laughs> years old sydney swan is a best ever super coach score came last year round one against the adelaide crows it was a one five two in that same game his best afl fantasy score for the year was a 101 if you want to play the adjusted average game fine uh i normally don't like to do that on individual scores but that's uh, that's up around that 120 marker for you if you want to do that which is handy enough uh, his best ever super coach score like i said it was a 152 but just last year while back in 2016 his best ever super coach score uh afl fantasy score rather was a 132 70.6 is his afl fantasy average from last year which adjusted is an 88.25 while in super coach Still a good average from Isaac Heaney last year, even with the injury that ultimately ruined his season. He still averaged 94. Two years consecutive, he's done that. But he's not priced at either of those formats uh, that way because he does have an injury discount for us. In Supercoach, he's going to sit you back just over 450K, 603,000 in AFL Fantasy, and just uh, $587,300 in Dream Team. And it feels a long time ago, Kane, because it's almost been a year to cast your mind back to round one. That round where, as it kept going, footy fans and football players and the community were like, are we even going to get to round two? Which ultimately we didn't get to for a number of months. But in that first game of the year, Isaac Heaney tore the game apart. I don't know if you remember it at Amy's um, Stadium against the Crows at Adelaide Oval, rather, is... It was Crows fly out of the gate early in the first quarter. And then it was just all Sydney pretty much until the last 10 minutes of the game. And one of the reasons they won the game was a multi-goal effort from Isaac Heaney delivering a ton across the format. And his biggest Supercoach game and fans and fantasy players were thinking, finally, it's clicking for Isaac Heaney. Sadly, injury got in the way and ruined what was at times 
building to be a nice little start to the season. You can't start the season in better fashion, MJ, can you? He was no. clear best on ground. Uh, I think the interesting thing is for fantasy owners is it was an amazing game. As you mentioned, you mm. reeled off how big the scores were, but the role was a key forward. You really mm. look at that side. You've got two young guys in McCartan and Blakey alongside Haywood. And he was that guy. He was that spearhead they were looking forward to. Again, while not prototypical key forward height, if you want to just talk about the role he was playing in the side, he was the focal point. Mm. He kicked four goals, one. And again, it's 16 touches. And this is what we've said about Heaney in the past, MJ, is his role in the side, when he plays that role, and I think he will keep playing that role where it's probably 80% forward when he's on the ground with yeah. you know 20% mid, it's really hard to compete with the likes of side bottom, Dunkley, Dangerfield, these guys that are, you know, really more up around, you know, even up to 60% mid-time. We know the threshold for Ford eligibility is 35%. So there's some guys who, you know, just picked up Ford eligibility and they're really primarily midfielders. Heaney, while we've had that desire to see him in the midfield, the way I look at the Swan side, when you've got Kennedy and Parker as those key guys in there that, you know, when they're on the field, they're at the centre bounce, they're chasing the ball all over the ground. Yeah. And you throw in the development of a James Rowbottom, mm-hmm. George Hewitt, we know they love the roles he does when he's fit and healthy. They've, they've brought in the Dylan Stevens True. in the past to play a bit more of an outside role. Like they're pretty strong in that, in that area. And I think they've sort of found that we're having a better time recruiting midfielders. And even yeah. guys like McInerney on the outside showed some real run and dash to be a nice contrast to a Parker and a Kennedy. What's really hard, and it's been hard due to injury, is finding goals. With no Franklin and, and Reed struggling with injury as well, Heaney has had to play that key role. And I think he's a victim of being good at both roles. Yeah, He's so good as a forward and he's so good as a mid. And I think the comparison that jumps to most people's minds is Toby Green. Yeah, we know that Toby's a gun midfielder. And when we've seen Isaac in the midfield, he's sensational also. But it is so hard to replace those guys out of the forward line because they're so good one-on-one. Yeah. And there's such an awkward matchup for the opponent to play against. Yeah, I keep looking back to Isaac Heaney's 2019 season. Like, he started slow. In fact, I think after two rounds... People were looking at his scoring in the, in all formats of the game and going, okay, he's not the premium that I thought he was, and I'm getting ready to move him on. But in spite of a bit of a slow start that year, he still ended up averaging 89. Um, it gave himself nine tons across the year. Um, and he just had five scores below 70. Granted, a couple of them were in the first two rounds. In Supercoach that year, he averaged 94. Um, reaching the triple-figure marker in nine games, three of them over 130. And again, only four scores that he failed to score 70 or above. And so while people might go, I remember how he burnt me at the start of 2019, and then in 2020, he got injured and he's burnt me again. Remember, it wasn't that bad because in the opening 11 games of 2019, he averaged 84 in fantasy, 90 in super coach. The final 11 games of the year, not a huge jump, but a jump enough. 94 in AFL Fantasy, 97 in Supercoach. And prior to his injury-affected year last year that saw him only play a handful of games, this is what his three seasonal averages have been before that. 92, 90, 89 in Fantasy and Dream Team. 97, 97 and 94. And this forward line 
came really fascinates me. I'm keen to talk not just about the Swans, but about the top guys that we can look at as top five to 10 guys. And it's always, look, you can build negatives into everyone. There's absolutely. So you can talk yourself in and out of a players, but you've got someone like a steel side bottom career year for him in, in terms of what he was able to deliver in the shortened season. But they have lost a pretty important player in Adam Trelaw through the midfield. I know they're going to try to bring more kids through there, but I still think he's the number one tag target. Like if you, if you want to beat Collingwood and you've got the ability to use a midfield stopper, you're going to steal. And you think about Patrick Dangerfield, gun, fully fit, probably the best forward we've got this year across the formats. But he's got a bit of groin soreness. Okay. All right. Let's put him to the side. Josh Dunkley got the potential to be the number one forward. Also got the potential to be the first TPP player we've ever got and play in triple positions across the year. Like it's just so uncertain what the Bulldogs do. Dane Zorko, we talked about him just the other day. Historically, Storm's home, but probably not the greatest starting squad option. Rowan Marshall should be a good option for us this year. But still, the very best of Marshall has been Sol Ruck at this time. Paddy Wright is there. So you start to look at these start. Tom Phillips only had, really had one good year and that was at another club. Um, now all of a sudden you start getting down to an Isaac Heaney and go, look, maybe he's not a top five guy. Maybe he's not the 95 pluser. But if his range is five points of deviation either side of a 90, and if you're not convinced about the big bucks on the big boys up forward, you could find yourself believing that at best he's a 95 guy and he competes with the top five. Or at worst, because he does have a little bit of a discount due to missing games, he becomes a low risk that drifts to F6. So I suppose it all becomes, what do you want to do with your starting squad and what do you believe he's going to do? Yeah, I think again, MJ. It's what are you doing elsewhere? I yeah. think if you're if you want to take player A to player B and player B's hundred k more, and you're looking at your side and you're going, "Geez, that's a good upgrade." You know, player A to player B. How can I get this cash? How can I yeah. get this cash? And you've got the guys you mentioned: Sidey, Dunks, Zorko. I think you're going to start seeing, "Oh, Isaac Heaney for a bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. He might be close enough. He might be." And the thing I'd be looking at is, is he closer? What you think Heaney is versus Dangerfield? Yeah. Is he closer than A and B? Because yeah. if A and B is, you think that's going to get your 15 points upside and dropping Danger down to Heaney loses your 10, well, you've made some points in, Correct. you know, obviously your best estimations. The hard thing with Heaney, MJ, is he has a big ceiling. Yep. And on the flip side, there is some games where, as I said, he's playing a key forward role. He can roll out, you know, a month of 65, 70 scores. That's what he did at the start of 2019. Yeah. So that's where for me, you're picking him. He's a keeper. Your intention is he's in my forward line all year. Yeah. And again, I think you can be rewarded with a guy, as Absolutely. you mentioned, he's, he's priced in the mid eighties. He's he proven. Proven he can go 90s, you know, even high 90s in Supercoach, which yep. is clearly his preferred format. Like that is encouraging. And that probably is enough, especially with the holes that you've flagged in those other guys. Even if you step down, what's Michael Walter's role? Yeah. Again, massive scores as a mid. 
but we saw the rise of that young Fremantle brigade and we still think Fremantle's, you know, weakness in their side structurally is goals. Yeah. And I think they've got a pretty solid defence. I think the midfield's quite strong. Again, it yeah. would be great if Sean Darcy could get a run at it. But <laughs> if you're looking at a line that's troublesome and it's probably why they had, you know, Longby was such an important figure in getting the defence right because I think he thought we're going to be more competitive locking down and yeah. just scrapping our way to goals. Like we're not going to get shootouts. Like we saw when GWS got in a shootout with them and they had to be attacking to yeah. try to score. They're not set up in that way. They don't have the cattle, but Hey, having Michael Walters down there, mm. that's a matchup that they like. So that's another guy that you're probably, you know, not super keen on. And it makes Heaney feel really comfortable. I think what you'll start seeing is if he has a good preseason, he has a big game, and ownership goes through the roof, there's going to be people who become contrarians just purely out of tactics going, okay, Heaney at 50% ownership. I think I can take him on and get. And the thing as well, MJ, as we know, is 50% ownership is a bit misleading because often with ownership, all people really care about is, you know, the top five, 10,000 players. And you know, if a player like that has a good preseason, that number in that real key pool that you're competing against yeah. is probably up more around 75% really. Yeah. So that's where people can go, Hey, this guy's volatile. Again, obviously I'm chancing that he doesn't hurt me with a 150 like he started last year, but Hey, if I've got another guy that I really like, like if you were great, if you were clever enough to grab the 2019 Travis Boak, yeah. you know, if you, if you know that player, if you were smart enough to see that Petrarca was that really? guy, if you can find that player in the preseason, again, if you really want to push for the top, you have to differentiate yourself at some point, whether that's picking someone different yeah. or not picking someone popular. Like that's really the only two ways you can do it. Obviously, there's a bit of luck, a bit of captaincy. But sure. really, if you if your goal is top, 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 like we're talking top 100, yeah, like you can't the, just follow yeah. the pack on no. oh, this person's, you know, Tom Stewart was injured, so now he's at his cheapest. Again, not saying it's a bad move, no. but sometimes you have to go against that obvious player just to see if luck falls your way. Hey, I'm not going to go this player, and then maybe you get lucky and there's a concussion. Like you're talking about finishing in the top, top players. And sometimes a guy like Heaney with that volatility, sometimes you can give him a miss and get yeah. rewarded. Well, you talk about outside of a handful of games in Supercoach, He's not got a huge ceiling to hurt you. Similarly in AFL fantasy and dream team. If you want a guy that you go, he can open up the year averaging 115 plus across the formats. He'd have to have some pretty significant adjustments to that midfield forward split. Cause while Sydney have gone really heavy on drafting midfielders through the past couple of years, and you've mentioned them, they've also gone just in the past 12 months, and made some big additions in that forward line, more key positions. Father, son, Nick Blakey, Logan McDonald was picked up last year. And, and so it starts to become that interesting thing of, say, how do they use Isaac Heaney? And that starts to become that thing where you're like, okay, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be all forward all the time. Okay, that's good. He should bump up his score, but then he's not going to spend enough mid time to lift that ceiling. So I do think he's around that 90 guy this year and then the margin of error is five points either way um but i don't think he's much more than that but i think in a couple of the formats 
that's still relevant. Let's pick AFL Fantasy. I know, Ken, you've got some thoughts in a second. In AFL Fantasy, he's priced alongside Tom Phillips. Who would you rather have? Phillips or Heaney? For 100000 more, you can go from Caldwell, who seems to be the hype guy, and maybe, maybe for a valid reason. We'll find out in about 10 weeks whether that's valid or not. But for 100000 more, you could go and get Isaac Heaney, who, again, has got years of being a 90 guy. And in AFL Fantasy, just purely focusing on that format for a bit, if you're just having no confidence to spend the big bucks on Sidey and Danger, going, I'll make 50K, I'll cop an 85 at worst out of six weeks, and then I'll hope for a new forward to pop or for society to have basemented out or whatever it is. I'm actually not opposed to that type of move in that format. Whereas, as you've said, in Supercoach and Dream Team, if you're picking him, it's because he's cheap, you think he's around the mark, and you plan to hold him for the year. Yeah, I think that's so true, MJ. Is the, the appeal with Heaney is the safety. You feel like really what you're paying for, at the very worst, you'll get that back. Yeah. Now, I think the player you compare him to is a great one is Tom Phillips and players like that is if Tom Phillips gets everything going his way, mm. especially in DT, which is his preferred format, I can see him being, you know, a 9,500 guy. Like I think he has that potential. Yeah. Again, on the flip side, he's coming from, you know, one of the best fantasy teams to one of the worst fantasy teams. So yeah. there's possibility that, you know, he's only an 80 guy. You yeah. know, that's, that is a possibility. I think the appeal with Heaney is that he's probably 90 in DT and look at what he does in a super coach. It's probably 95. Yeah. And that's where you go. I don't have confidence in anyone else. So yeah. I know this guy will be around the mark. Do I think he's going to be top six? No, but I think he's going to be 10th. Yeah. You know, I think he's going to be that range. Whereas we know there'll be a guy, we flagged a Petrarca earlier, we flagged Simpkin, you know, Simpkin last year. Because they were playing pure mid yeah. or predominantly mid at the, at the very least with Petrarca, they have that ability to really challenge the big dogs. And when we look at the history of the big forwards, yeah. it's typically a midfielder, a, 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 forward, a, a forward eligible, yeah. exactly, who's playing as a pure mid, or in the rare instances, it's a big key forward who can kick bags and bags of goals. Yeah, it's your buddies and your really wilts. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 even we saw obviously um Hawkins. Like yeah. he was so dominant in the shortened seas and he was goal assist king. He was kicking goals for fun. Like <laughs> that's the level it requires. That's why I say when Heaney has that split, as good as he is, yeah, he's just it's just the nature of the role. He's not gonna get enough ball to really one, challenge the hundred. As I said, you might think. I'm not sure here. I'm not confident on yeah. the top tier. I don't I don't see that Petrarca or Simpkin of this year. You know what? I'm going to get what I pay for at least, and I yeah. might get 10 points more, 15 points more best. Totally. And, if and you that's okay. In the back line, maybe you're like, I want Laird. I want Whitfield. I, yeah, I, you need I some want cash. Lloyd. I want Williams. Well, now you're saving. I think it's yeah. like 250K in Dream Team from side bottom all the way down. Now you're talking about, I can instead of, Settling for a Wayne Miller, not a bad pick. Mm. Now I can go and get Zach Williams. And do I think I'm now in a better position? So that's the positive of a player like him. The negative outside of just the ceiling component is that multi-buy round. And again, to just make one round a big deal is always a bit dangerous. 
It is a little. It is a big deal, a big MJ. Deal. It is a big deal. I know I talked about it in the Petrarca episode, yeah. but I'm going to do it again Good. just for people who missed that one. We're starting with two people down, and what I mean by that is our ruck line. We can't bank on having bench cover. No. It's so unlikely we're going to have bench cover unless you're going for Nick Nat or Goldie, or yep. you're running Proust for the year. Yep. You are copping a donut through there on the caveat that we don't get a cash cow ruck. Yeah, which is unlikely. So we can't really bank on that when we're building our side. So what I mean by that is the best rucks, in my opinion, across the formats is a combination of these three. It's Gorn, Grundy, and Riley O'Brien. And you got Rowan Marshall. Yeah, well, that's my next point, MJ, is people will be saying we can use Marshall to, to help cover. We can put, you know, a dirt cheap R3 ruck forward to swing with Marshall. Yeah. Well, they've given us St. Kilda that buy round as well. So Marshall's not even going to be available nope. either. So if we're looking at our side and we're assuming that instead of our normal best 22, we know we're in a buy round, we've got best 18. Yep. Well, we're already down two players because our rucks <laughs> are gone. You look at your forward line, Sidey, Walters, and Rowan Marshall alongside Heaney. Okay. Now, we're, we've got to remember, MJ, we're at round 14. So in terms of upgrades, really, we should have... Probably, if you're going well, maybe one or two. If you're not going too crash hot and you've had some injuries, maybe you've got four to go. But yeah, really, sure. we're at the point where... You're pretty close. You're pretty close. We know it was only a 17-round season last year, yeah. and we got pretty close. Can you slide into defense? Laird, Maynard, Crisp, Luke Ryan. Like, there's some heavy, heavy hitters, especially Lloyd. Laird and Lloyd. Oh. So if, if you think about that, MJ, if you've taken on Laird and Lloyd, which... Again, if I'm speaking personally, I, I've got them right now. Mm. Now I'm relying on all my bench rookies and other guys to play or I'm down another player on the field. That's the issue of having rucks in particular, having a buy around together that's so big. Like you've got Gaunt, Grundy and Riley O'Brien all out of action. Yeah, you're, you're so handcuffed in who you've got on field. And as I said, if you go to another line, even if you go to the midfield, yeah. Matt Crouch, mm-hmm. Taylor Adams, Nat Fife, Clayton Oliver, Christian Petrarca, Jack Steele. That's just the big names, let alone that's the big, that big names. Up. If you want to get, you know, if you want to go and have a look at a Pendles, mm. a Sloan, you know, yeah. maybe you like, you want to be that, you think Adam Chera is going to go berserk or Caleb Sarong, One you know, all these guys boys, that are possible. Yeah. Like, MJ, we know how hard it is to have even just playing rookies at that time of the year, at that time of the year. It's a tough one for people. And again, you might go, well, I'll counterbalance it with those picks I do in the other two rounds. But again, they have elements and challenges in some of the other lines. Oh, it's okay. I'll, I'll just play 15 and I'll make it up. Okay. How many of those 15s are premiums? Um, and then we know good coaches. This is what they, they spend most of their time on. They no, know that I'm picking a premium. Yep. He's in my side the whole Probably. year. Okay, so I've picked Gordon Grundy, let's say. I've picked Laird Laird and Lloyd. Lloyd. I've picked, you know, I picked Oliver in the midfield. I've picked Matt Crouch. Yep, let's see. Okay, that's okay. And then I've got Sidey and Heaney. Yeah. So now if I have no forward rookie playing, if I have one back rookie not playing, I'm already down to fielding 18 with my rucks being out. You get any other injury, arresting. That's why by not picking a Heaney and mm. picking someone from the other round, you're balancing that out going, okay, I know that my premiums, 
will be available this round because yeah. I'm already down two in the ruck and I can't do anything to fix it. And really, you probably don't want to because I think those guys are, are clear in a well, way the best That's options. where it becomes is you, you start thinking about your three trades a week in that. You're using one or two to, to sideways trades. Now, could that be the right strategy? And that could be a strategy, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. That, that's your play. But what we're talking about is entering into the year with full visibility on what the round could hold and what are the things that could trip you up from your ultimate success by the end of the year. And that's the thing. Like, it's all well and good to have a plan like that. But we know what always happens is, oh, I'm going to do three sideways premium trades. And then invariably, the play that you're banking on being there from another buy round isn't there you get an injury all we're saying now is consider this if you pick this many premiums from this round when you know two of the biggest players in the game in Gorn and Grundy in particular Mm. are out there will be pain if you're not paying attention and all we're asking is if you're weighing up two players just have a look at that buy structure is it Heaney versus Zorko okay you know one's round 14 One's not, you know, is that what I want to do? Just see how it bounces up because again, this issue will keep happening until they separate Gorn and Grundy in the buy round. But they're all the same. We have to be wary of this. Yeah. And it will be a big moving week. It will be a big moving week. You're going to, you can see it now. Round 14 is going to be people who've set themselves up. Yeah. Are going to make massive strides. And people who don't, and they get a bit of misfortune, which we know is part of this game. Absolutely. Are going to get really stung. And it's going to be a tough sled in the run home to make it up. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Not just how people choose to approach him this year, the trades through that round 14, but also the draft, where he goes. He's definitely not among the first two or three forwards off the board. We've talked about it a few times throughout this preseason. Our dear friends at the Draft Doctors have the mock draft simulator out now. Go and check it out. I don't even know if it's officially, officially released, but it's working. So go and try it out anyway and try different formats. And if you've noticed, if you don't pick up one of these top 10, top 15 forwards early, and when I mean early, I mean inside the first five rounds, you're looking at guys like Jai Caldwell as your F1, which is not where you want to be drafting. So I don't think he goes inside the top 20 overall selections. Kane. I don't think that's that's too high. But as a round three selection, maybe you want to lock in a, a midfielder and then one of a ruck and a defensive option in your first two picks. Round three, Whitfield, you know, Lloyd, Laird, those big defenders are gone. The big forwards are of Sidebottom and Dangerfield and probably Josh Dunkley and Dane Zorko are gone by then too. Even a Rowan Marshall with that DPP is going to give him the variance ahead of others. But as a round three pick, because I think he's a top 10 forward for us this year across the formats. I think it's, a, you know, about as early as he goes. But I think by the end of round four, He's probably off most draft boards. Where do you think he's going on the draft day, man? Yeah, I think that's about the line, MJ's. Round three is the earliest, and it would have to be the back end of round three. It's just, like you said, the hard thing that's with his value is there's not many good forwards. There's the big guys that we think you'll have a lot of confidence in. I think the hard thing is once you start getting to the Heenies, there's not much that's appealing after that. Whereas the midfield line in particular in a draft is so deep that you can just say, if I don't get Heaney now, who am I going to get 
that I'm happy with. Whereas in the midfield, there's so many guys that you can just go between. So I feel like for me, round five is where I wouldn't want to see him slide past. I'd be really keen to get in there about there. I think round four is probably your perfect time. It's a sweet spot. As I said, and it's because of what you mentioned with the scarcity of forwards. Because really, after that, it just falls away so much that I'd rather just take what comes to me and, you know, reassure my other lines. And it seems like we talk about this every year with the forwards, MJ, but it is that position with defense that you get a lot of gold off the scrap heap. You just get a lot of gold of people that you weren't expecting to stay in there. You know, even a guy like Dan Butler was relevant all year in drafts and Mm. particularly early was pushing the top 20, 25 forwards with how well he started. So again, the appeal of Heaney is like we said, you're going to get a good return. Is he going to push top five? Probably not. But sometimes you need in a draft to go, I'm not trying to hit a home run. I'm just I trying just to get on base. base I just yeah. want to get it going, be comfortable, and take a risk somewhere else. And again, really, outside of last year, the durability is good, which is always going to help a player like him yeah, in draft. Right. Look, he, he, he's running. He's doing all the training work. He's on target for round one. You know, So barring a setback, we should see him, according to the club, through that one community series game and definitely have him playing round one. Uh, mate, appreciate your thoughts today. A little bit of a longer episode today as we've talked about Isaac Henney because he's just such a fascinating player. Thank you, mate. No problem. If you want to go and check out the article, uh, I can guarantee it is not as in-depth as that podcast. That is for sure. You can go and check it out, though, if you'd like. Anyway, for all the stats, facts, and figures on Heaney at coachespanel.tv, all the other players revealed so far, they are all there, both their articles and also links to the podcast. You can get these every single day throughout the preseason. We have got articles dropping, helping you with your fantasy footy side. And if you are loving these podcasts and want to get more of them and earlier, as well as other content, some free cash prizes involved, a bunch of other stuff, consider joining our Patreon supporter group. All the links for that are at coachespanel.tv. An age that I feel a long time ago for me, 21. Uh, Not so long ago for you though, Kane, so shut up. Um, Is uh, the number, not the age, the number we're getting to tomorrow is 21. Should I give a clue, Kane? I feel like as we get further into these... Yeah, they've been so loyal. If they've listened to all of this Heaney podcast, it's probably a carrot that they deserve. Okay. We mentioned his name already in this episode. Jeez, I'm I'm rattled. So go back and listen through the last 78 minutes. I said a lot of names. (laughs) I listed his name. Or you did, actually. Listed his name already in this episode. Who is it? Kane's going to madly check his notes. Otherwise, you can join our Patreon supporter group right now and get the answer because they already know.